Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I'm super honored to have Brian Hess here. He is the CEO of the Pavement Group, founder of Top Contractor School, and he runs an agency that helps contractors out. We talk all things business, family, and omnipresence on the web. You're going to want to listen to this one. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Brian Hess here with me today. I was fortunate to connect with him somewhat recently, and you know what? I'm excited to dive into his story a little bit more. So why don't you jump in here, Brian, and tell me a little bit more about yourself. Thanks for having me, man, first and foremost, and uh, happy to be here as well. Um, So I am, uh, first and foremost, a a husband and a father of four uh, amazing humans and uh, a couple of businesses that I'm involved in and people and, and uh, happy to be doing what I'm doing, man. I'm just uh, at a great place in my life and happy to be here with you and happy to be here talking about uh, everything that we can to hopefully inspire and help some other people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's what we're here to do, trying to help others going through some of these situations uh, so tell me a little bit of, you said you're, you're involved in a couple different companies. Uh, what are some of those companies that you're working on right now? So I've got, uh, the pavement group is a uh, nationwide asphalt and concrete, um, company that services mostly customers with multi, uh, a lot of properties. So multi-property owners. So the, the, if they've got hundreds of properties, they're a great customer. If they've got thousands of properties, uh, they can benefit from what we do even more. So we, we pave parking lots, we pour concrete, we do all that stuff, but we also have kind of a niche in that we teach people how to manage um, millions of square feet of pavement assets in the most financially responsible way possible. Uh, so in that way, we try to impact not only their financial budgets, but also the environment and all kinds of other things that go along with kind of teaching people how to do that. So the pavement group is one. Um, Top Contractor School is another company that uh, we kind of founded. We work with contractors across the country at the pavement group. And so one of our uh, missions in working with those contractors is to, to give back to them for the work that they do for our customers across the country to be able to hopefully uh, improve their businesses in some way, shape, or form by teaching them how to sell and market and lead their companies better and uh, bring some of the knowledge that we have uh, to those companies across the country that um, are so loyal to us and help us be able to deliver great results for our customers. And uh, also involved in a digital marketing company called Lead Revenue. So we're focused on uh, helping contractors as well. So, you know, reaching out to contractors and trying to get them uh, more presence online, uh, social media presence on Google, everywhere like that. So trying to improve uh, that presence and their visibility to people in their own markets. Um, So 
think that pretty much sums it up for now. That's awesome. It looks like you've got some nice vertical integration there between the companies and, you know, they, they help each other out and serve each other in their own way, um, which is really smart on, on your part. But one thing that I was really impressed by as I was, you know, digging into you before this is you just got this omnipresence around the construction and pavement side of the, you know, the world and you were only two and a half years into this journey. How is it that you managed to scale that so quickly to have that omnipresence in just two and a half years? Yeah, great question, man. And uh, I was telling you, I've never been, never really been asked that question, but it's, it's one that I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of people wonder about, but they probably don't ask it in that way. So the, the, you know, the answer to the question is, when we started the pavement group, uh, we really we really put a heavy focus on social media, and we knew that you know our ability to reach customers on that type of platform, where you know as far reaching as we can get, being a national company, uh, we were putting all our eggs in one basket that that was going to be the main driver of what would create visibility and branding uh, and trust with with customers, and so. From the very beginning of, you know, kind of our journey at the pavement group, we decided that that, that was something we were going to do. Um, and I had a couple of people who I'd met on social media that I had, you know, conversations with because truth be told, man, before I started this company, six months prior to that, I really had no social media presence whatsoever. And so I had talked to a couple of people that uh, convinced me to come on like Facebook shows and, you know, talk about uh, my journey and experiences and things like that. And so as I started to build, you know, a little bit of an online presence and we started to go uh, heavy into it at the pavement group, it just, you know, it just felt right, man. It always felt like it was going to do what it was supposed to do. Um, And to be honest, at first, you know, the results don't really come right out of the gate, right? Like, you you know, you put in a lot of effort and you, you know, you you wonder sometimes if the time investment uh, is ultimately going to give you the return that you expected. And you know, probably I would guess like three or four months into, you know, us really, you know, being heavy into social media as a company. um, I got a message on Instagram from a large property owner, from a facilities manager uh, of a large property owner who had told me that he, he had been following me on Instagram and that they were interested in us bidding some work for them. And that turned into a multi-million dollar client for us. And uh, so it was like, you know, once you see that, that return, you kind of double down on the consistency of it, right? Uh, of understanding what it really takes. And I, I talk about this all the time on my podcast in the morning, but it is, it's that discipline and consistency and finding a way to distribute um, the content and the, the things that you put out there on as many different platforms as possible so that you're meeting people where they want to be. You know, if that is YouTube, if that, that is Instagram, if it is Facebook, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, TikTok, uh, if, if your business, you know, can grow on that, those platforms, then most definitely you want to be in as many places as you can. LinkedIn has been huge for us. Um, but, you know, you, you want to be where your customer is going to be, where your prospect is going to be. So uh, the commitment to doing that, has been interesting, man. It's been a journey because figuring out the tools to do that 
uh, in the most efficient way possible is the greatest education that you can get if you're trying to grow a business, you know, with a, with a digital presence like that, because you can't possibly do it all manually uh, yourself without some help. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you know, your, your podcast you mentioned is you stream that every day on Facebook, correct? Yeah. So it and streams you- at 7.30 a.m. Eastern on Facebook. And then I've got software that, again, distributes that out to uh, uh, YouTube, to Periscope, to uh, – and then I repurpose uh, the, the podcast, the video podcast, into an audio podcast, and that distributes to all the podcast platforms. So once you get that setup done, it, it at least takes less time to do that, right? Because when I first started doing it, I was doing it all manual before I figured it out. And that is, it is a time investment big time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I was able to, you know, link back those things because, you know, I was listening to an audio podcast and it says, this is streamed each day on Facebook and able to connect with you on Facebook and then, you know, find you on Instagram. I'd you had a great quote in there that I had to post that I was like, Oh man, this is great. And, you know, found you on Instagram and it's like, man, this, this guy is everywhere and really has a presence everywhere. And so that's really great that you were able to do that with, like you said, six months before having no social media presence at all. So you're definitely a quick learner and you know what you're, like you said, you're finding efficient means to be able to do all those things. And no question. I appreciate that, man. And anybody can do it, right? It's, uh, you know, you just got to dive in and and be, you know, have the tenacity to keep fighting through it and try to figure out the ways to do it. And uh, you'll figure it out if you're committed enough to doing it. uh, You'll you'll figure it out. And then you'll be amazed, man, at the one, you know, people always get obsessed over numbers on social media. And you, you cannot get obsessed over likes or downloads or comments or whatever, you, you just have to do it and put the message out there. And, and, you know, as they, as they say in the movies, if you build it, they will come, right? If you, if you just keep putting it out there, uh, you're going to attract, you know, a tribe of people that believe what you believe. And, you know, as, as you do that, it's really special, man. You, you start to create like literally, you know, a community of like-minded people. Uh, and that's, you know, what you have going on with this podcast, right? It's yeah. like, you know, people that, that want to learn these type of entrepreneurial uh, things and tips, they're, they're going to they're gonna consume that content. It's going to improve their life. And, you know, you bring guests on here that will share their experiences. And you just never know who you're going to impact, man, when you, when you do things like this and you share your uh, experiences and challenges and failures and all that stuff. You know, somebody out there needs to hear that you know, today. And so I would, I would encourage anybody listening that, that has ever thought about, well, I can't do that. I didn't want to do it either. You know, when I started, I was like, man, this is not my thing. I want my family life to be private. I don't, you know, I don't want to be out in front of people. Um, So I had all the same doubts that everybody that's listening might have. And, you know, you just, you just got to jump in and do it and uh, realize that, you know, the first video you make, if I go back and look at the first one I ever made, it's, uh, it's crazy how funny it is. And, you know, and then you get better and better and you feel a little bit more comfortable. And when you screw up, you don't worry about it anymore. And <laughs> it's just, it's an evolution, right? I want to talk a little bit b- prior to you starting this company. Um, you had the, uh, the corporate job and you, 
you had an interesting story about how you, you know, changed industries and, you know, you adapted to a business that you knew nothing about that. Now you have to be an expert about how do you, how do you adapt to a business that you really don't know anything about? Um, I, I think the biggest thing, man, is, is don't second guess yourself and realize that, you know, there's nothing in this world that you can't learn. Uh, if you give yourself enough time and you just don't quit, you know, you, you, you take the transferable skills that you have uh, from one thing to the other. There's always transferable skills, right? Whether that be um, leadership or sales related or marketing or relationships, whatever it is, there's always something from one business to another business or one industry to another industry that's going to be transferable. And so, you know, that's the, the thing that stops most people is themselves more than it is you know, really just being able to learn and adapt to things. And so, you know, that's the first thing. Don't, don't second guess yourself. If there's something that you know you could be passionate about somewhere you look and, and you man, I think that could be a great career for me, uh, don't hesitate to jump in because, you know, if you, if you jump into a career, you put yourself around the right people, those people are going to help you along, right? And then the rest of it is up to you. And, and so what I always say is, you know, your, your training in any industry, in any new position should be led by you. And, you know, all you need the other people to do is be there as a resource, as a support system, and kind of as a guide to get you, you know, pointed in the right direction and kind of recorrect your course. But the best trainer you're ever going to have is always going to be yourself because, you know, no one else is ever going to have uh, the level of passion or commitment or motivation um, to learn for you to learn that you should. Right. And, and so for me, when I jumped in, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how difficult it was going to be to go from, you know, uh, an industry that I spent, you know, pretty much my whole life in technology and jumping into, you know, an industry of construction that I, I really didn't know a whole lot about, you know, I grew up around construction, so I knew, you know, 30,000 foot view, uh, back in 2011, when I jumped in, man, I, I couldn't have told you many details about, you know, anything that I work in, work with on a daily basis now. And, you know, that is just proof to anybody that, you know, you can, you can jump into something and you can learn. And, and the most important thing that you can do is surround yourself with the right people uh, and, and, you know, build a big network of, of experts in different areas of that place that you're trying to go to. So that you can you can pull all those resources together and use the knowledge uh, that you need, and at the same time, return some of the knowledge that you have that's transferable from somewhere else to these people that they may not know. Because you know the reality is, you figure out as you you live on this earth long enough that everybody's an expert at something, and and as much as you might be able to learn from someone else who you know is an expert in the industry that you're in, there's something you're an expert at that. that that person can benefit from, uh, from you. And as long as you continue uh, to return the favor to people, man, it's amazing what, you know, how many people go out of their way to try and help you uh, to become more successful, to, you know, to, to be an expert, uh, to teach you everything that they know. And I've been fortunate in my life, you know, before this industry and in this industry, there's just so many great people out there that are willing to share everything that they've learned. You know, I have friends that have been in this industry for, you know, 40 plus years. And then there's people that are brand new to the industry that, that we spend time with as well. And uh, it's really cool, man. When you get around the right people, nothing's going to stop you from becoming an expert at anything.
Yeah, absolutely. And you are a big proponent of auditing your network. You know, you mentioned the the network aspect of, you know, you can always reach out to someone or rely on somebody that is willing to share that information. And I believe that to absolutely be true. And it's something you preach as well of, you know what, you've got to have those people who are willing to lift you up in your network and remove the ones that are going to drag you down because that they serve no real purpose uh, in helping you grow your business or grow yourself personally either. Certainly. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of the circle, man. And you, you know, you constantly have to be auditing it. And, you know, one of, one of my buddies always uses this analogy, but it's like, you know, if you imagine your body with a bunch of extension cords hanging out of it, you get, and if you're plugged into you know, a positive source of energy, then it's going to charge you. You know, if you're plugged in, it's just drawing a good conclusion for that relationship. And so, you know, you just have, and, and again, it's not like, you know, just get rid of everybody in your life. It's, you know, over a period of time and you, you, you start to figure out where you want to go. And when you look around you, you should see some of those things, you know, at the next level up from where you are right now, there should be a couple people in your circle that can inspire that, you know, that, that can help you get there that are, again, they've, they've already walked the road that you're trying to go down. And, and uh, it's a huge help, man. It's just, it is the easiest way for you to accelerate your life is to find those people who have already done it. Right. Absolutely. And you know what, that's, that's something you hear many times over of, you know what, if you want to get to the next level, the only cheat code there is, is to find somebody that's been through it before. Otherwise it's just hard work and perseverance. And you know what, we talked a little bit beforehand, you didn't have any big entrepreneurial ventures prior to uh, what you're doing now, uh, you know, a few here and there, but what is it that made you decide to, you know, pull the ripcord on the nine to five corporate job and, you know, start your own thing? I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a couple of things, man. I, I think, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, I always had, you know, this idea that, you know, somehow I would, you know, have a business or lead people or, and, and when I was in corporate America, you know, I always acted that way. I was just telling somebody this yesterday, you know, I always acted as if it was my own business regardless, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, the work ethic, uh, watching expenses, all those kinds of things. I think you just, you know, kind of build that into your, in your personality, right? It's probably in most people's DNA that either end up becoming entrepreneurs or they kind of know that they have that in them. And, for me, it was, you know, working at a bunch of different places and I've worked at some great places and I've worked for some great people, uh, but there was always something missing that didn't quite line up with how I saw it, you know, with how I would want to do it. And that doesn't make me right and somebody else wrong, but there was always that fire of like, man, I could see so clearly what I wanted to build uh, and what I wanted to uh, make available to other people, you know, what kind of culture that I wanted in, in, in a business. Um, and as, until it's, you know, your own thing, until you can create it, uh, it will never be exactly the way that you want it, right? And so for me, I was in those situations where it was, it was really close, but not quite. Uh, and there was always something missing. And, and I always... You know, there were times when I wanted to go faster than the place that I was at uh, was willing to go. There were times that I wanted to implement technology that somebody wasn't ready to implement. Um, so there were there were a lot of things, and I think that 
you know, you get to a point in your life where you say, and this is exactly where I was before I uh, decided to do this at the payment group was, you know, it was like, I just knew it was time to jump, right? Like that if I was going to do it, it was that time. It was either now or never really. And, you know, I had, uh, had three kids at the time and, uh, you know, wife that stays at home with those kids. And so it was really scary. You know, you sit there and think to yourself, like, you know, man, I've got this parachute of a guarantee, you know, uh, every week that I can just go work for somebody. But I think that there's something inside of every entrepreneur that takes that jump that just says like, man, the last thing that I want to do is leave this earth with some regret of what I didn't do, right? If, if I take that leap and it doesn't work out, then at least I can say I tried, right? You know, you, you, you can be, you can certainly be uh, okay with being, with trying and failing, but not trying uh, was something that I felt like it would haunt me forever, you know? And so that was it, man. It was really just looking at other situations and wanting them to be, you know, just the slightest bit different or completely different. You know, there've been situations that I've been in that I didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't align well with at all, you know? And so when it's your, when it's your own company and your own vision, uh, it's just, it's easy to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, are wanting to get out of that nine to five and they, you know, they have that desire, but they just get too nervous about that, you know, leaving that guarantee, that security. Is there any piece of advice you could give to somebody that might be in that situation? Yeah, you will never find out who you really are until you don't have a parachute. I love that. That is That's the truth. Because what you're capable of is far greater than what you will ever experience when you're working for someone else. Because there's always a limit. And there's always a level of comfort. And when you take that comfort away, you will find out exactly what you're made of. And when your back's against the wall, man, you will find such an incredible version of yourself that exists that you didn't even know was in there. And um, I would encourage everybody that has that feeling, that has that itch to go scratch it because you'll, you'll never regret trying it, man. The worst case scenario you have is that it doesn't work out. You learn something, you get a great experience and you go right back to the nine to five job. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, speaking of those learning experiences, when you went out on your own, what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from that? Oh, man, uh, that, that list is long but distinguished. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say, man. I think, um, you know, I think there's so much that you just, you just don't know, right? And, and you, you get out on your own and, and the truth is, you know, when you're working somewhere and you're used to being able to like, you know, pull levers, you, you, you don't take into account how long that business has been around, how many processes uh, the business has in place already because you didn't, you didn't build it. Right. So you, you take those things for granted. And, you know, when you try things in business, um, you know, example, we, we tried to implement some technology uh, year one uh, that we ended up, you know, kind of going away from, and this, I wouldn't consider this the biggest failure, but it's a good example. 
you know, we, we invested some money, we bought the software, we never really used it, right? Uh, you know, we, we kind of dipped our toe in the water, said, we're too busy for this, we're just going to do it the old-fashioned way, the way that we've known how to do it. And then, you know, fast forward two years later, and now we've, we've invested into it again, and it's successfully implemented, because it's, it's a different time in our business. Uh, there's more process in place, there's more people, there's more resources to put behind getting that right. Um, and so, so I think the biggest, the biggest lesson that I've learned, the biggest, if I could point to one thing uh, and say that there is a failure, uh, every time that I have experienced something really difficult in business, it's been because I or someone on our team or we as a company uh, rushed to do something. So we went faster than we should have and uh, that, that, you know, caused us a lot of heartburn, right? And, you know, in, in some cases that leads you to, you know, lengthy situations that you have to deal with on the backside to kind of, you know, redirect as a result of, you know, you make an e-jerk decision to go do something and then, you know, you, you pay the price for an extended period of time to try and fix it. So I would say that that is definitely uh, the biggest lesson that I've learned is, uh, you know, ha have the emotional discipline to not, you know, react to things when you're in that moment, you know, you just, you just kind of react and handle things and, you know, you might end up in a bad situation versus, you know, just being able to take a step back and, and learning. And, and I think this takes time as you get into business for yourself to realize that like, you know, tomorrow's still going to come, man, even if you screw something up really bad today. Uh, you're going to find a way to work through that. And so don't pressure yourself to make a decision too quickly that you're not comfortable with uh, because that quick decision could turn out to be a lengthy period of, of you trying to correct the course on that quick decision. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got a good friend who's going through something like that right now where the company he works for uh, is a smaller company and they we're going to integrate this new piece of software into their process. And you know what? They set a hard deadline. This is when it's going to happen. And they set that deadline pre pandemic and you know, they did a shorter, shorter staff and all this. And you know what? It, basically it wasn't ready. The people weren't trained on it, but they had that hard date and they just said, we're putting it out yeah, anyway. We're and just going to push through it. Yep. And it's everything takes two, three times longer now to, to accomplish because of this. So I, I think uh, he would definitely agree with you right now that uh, that, that has not been a smooth transition and something that was rushed and forced in there. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it happens all the time, you know, and you see it in many different businesses. Your buddy and I could probably share a lot of stories, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so what would you say, you know, it could have been the processes, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but what would you say was a challenge that you never expected to come across when you went out on your own? I, I think the, the, the biggest challenge I think is you never, when you start out, you're always good at something, right? There's always something that, you know, in, in our business, sometimes it's guys and in the field, they know on the equipment, uh, and they know how to get the job invoicing uh, or something like that. Um, I, I think it's that whole picture, 
right? And, and being able to look through that whole entire process from acquiring a customer to invoicing, collecting the payment. You know, you, you don't really think about that whole customer journey and the whole journey that that takes inside your company and all the steps that it takes to be able to do that effectively and efficiently. And that is something that I, I not only experienced myself, but I see a lot of other you know, small business owners that get started in our industry. I work with a lot of those guys through top contractor school. And that, those are the challenges that you see is that you know, they're, they're missing a piece of the puzzle, right? They're missing somebody to do their invoicing uh, in a timely fashion, or they're missing, you know, something like that. And so, you know, you don't expect to have to juggle as many things. So like if you're in sales, for example, and you're really successful at sales, well, that's cool. You're really successful at sales when that's the only thing that you have to do. But anticipating all of the other things uh, that come up from, you know, you having to go invoice a job yourself because somebody else isn't in the office, you know, and that if you got to do three of those, it takes an hour, right? Or, you know, however long it takes you. But it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of things that as you're an expert in one area of business, typically when you become an entrepreneur, there's a lot of other areas that uh, you will likely overlook. Regardless of how much you prepare, you will probably still feel unprepared when you, when you really get into it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I can definitely agree with that. Being a solopreneur myself right now, that there's, <laughs> there's a lot you of things. Can relate. That you, yeah, For sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I want, I typically ask this, you know, because it is the hustle of the day podcast, but what is your personal definition of the word hustle? Whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes. And uh, that is, you can say that many people don't understand the definition. You know, there's a lot of people that say whatever it takes. There's a lot fewer that actually do it. Um, it is literally being willing to do whatever it takes. You know, there, there's so many, so many talented people in the world that I believe um, would be so much more successful if they truly adapted the definition of those three words, which is, you know, whatever it takes, like, don't don't think that because you're you're an expert in sales that this other thing is not your job or that you can't do it or you can't learn it. Um, it is truly waking up every day and and being committed to the next day being a better version of what you were yesterday. And and those those little chunks of just getting better, you know, if it's one percent better or two percent better or whatever it is for that day. Sometimes you make giant leaps. Sometimes you make, you know, just the smallest bit of progress, but that day-to-day -day hustle, that day-to-day, -day, whatever it takes attitude, man, it is compound interest over a period of years uh, that you can look back and say, wow, man, like, look, look at, look at what happened from just staying disciplined and, and doing those things that you know are going to help you win every single day uh, and doing whatever it takes. Yeah, that is awesome. I I love that definition, and you know, it reminds me of somebody who was uh, kind of become a mentor of mine. That uh, was a local businessman here. He he had somebody approach him, and he was trying. This friend of his was trying to get a job in Hollywood, you know, doing 
something on uh, something with Paramount. I don't know if it was actually Paramount, but you know, the, for the sake of the story. Um, and he's like, Hey, I, I can't get through to anyone on this. You know, I submitted my application for a job and you know what? I, I called them and you know, I did, I just got a voicemail and you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to get this job. And he's like, well, what else did you do? And he's like, well, that's it. And he's like, just to prove a point, I'm going to do this for you. Okay. And within about three hours, even though he has no connections, doesn't know anybody in the industry, he had the CEO of Paramount on the phone. Like he just did whatever it took, made, you know, it used what little connection he had to go to this person, to this person, to this person, pretended like they were old buddies, you know, left this nonchalant voicemail like, hey, you, we worked on this thing together and I just wanted to talk to you about this one thing and ends up getting the CEO on the phone and, you know, gets a personal look at this person's application. It really is, it is interesting to see how many people say whatever it takes and then don't live up to it. There's obviously people who are doing it and you know what, those people are definitely going to be successful. And honestly, as you're describing it, as you described it, it's like, man, am I really doing whatever it takes? No, I don't think I am. So this is a I, good self-introspection. To, to give you some perspective on that, man, I think that every person uh, lives in that whatever it takes space for a percentage of time. You know, the nobody's 100% in the whatever it takes space or you would literally run yourself right down to a point of like you wouldn't be able to function. But I think as you as you discipline yourself to doing these things that make you successful, you know, having a morning routine, doing the things, you know, organizing yourself, setting goals, writing those goals down every single day, you know, you do those things. The more you train yourself to spend a higher percentage of your time in that whatever it takes kind of attitude space. And those people that spend most, the highest percentage of time there are the people that you're talking about. Because it's, you know, it's it's easy to respond that way to have somebody say, well, I tried and it didn't work. And you say, give it to me and, and do it. Uh, but, and again, this is for my own good. Like I don't spend enough time. I'm, I'm striving to spend more time in that space of like, whatever it takes, like how many days can I chain together that I'm doing all the right things that I'm truly hustling like every day. And I, and I leave it all on the field. And anybody that tells you that they're satisfied with the number of days that they can do that in a row uh, is probably not going anywhere. It's, you know, you're trying, you're always trying to find a higher gear. You're always trying you know, to sharpen the saw and, and get better, you know, and that's what it's about. It's about trying to spend so that, that, that response from you is a good indicator. It's, you know, you should be evaluating yourself and you shouldn't be satisfied. Then it's again, go back to who am I surrounding myself with? That's going to push me to do that. You know, is there someone that's going to always be moving that goal line for me to inspire me to be more that really sees my true potential? Not, not that I'm better than everybody else that's pushing me to be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Uh, you know, it, that it goes back to that networking audit that we, you talked talk about earlier. I mean, you got to have those right people that, you know, help you become the best version of you, like you said. 
That's awesome. So, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, brings me to another question of, you know, what you were thinking about these things, we're being introspective, we're talking about, well, you know, whatever it takes, where is it that you do your best thinking? Um, definitely in the morning, man. You know, I am, uh, I'm a big morning routine guy. You know, I wake up pretty early and, you know, I try to get some, some quiet time and, you know, really, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of spending about just 30 minutes a day of quiet time. And that is just like, you know, no TV, no cell phone, no computer, no nothing, just you and your thoughts. And again, it's something that, you know, we all need to do a better job of. If you get no quiet time, you need to get some. If you're getting some, you need to get more uh, because that is where, that's where you'll find your real thoughts. You know, this is a chaotic world that we live in. And, you know, social media is, is one of the biggest uh, obstacles of quieting the, you know, quieting the noise in your life, if you will. But so for me, man, it's, it's in the morning. You know, I, I try to, you know, read some scripture in the morning. So kind of get my mind and my spirit in the right place. Um, you know, I try to work out in the mornings if I can. Uh, most, most days I do. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, it's that time when you're in that right place. You know, for me, I think I do the best thinking right around that kind of spiritual point in my day because your, your heart, your spirit, your mind is calm. And that is, you know, where you're going to do your best thinking is not, uh, it's not in the heat of the moment. It is. And again, that, that 30 minutes helps you train your mind, right? It helps you train how to think so that when you're under fire, yeah. uh, you, you know how to think. Uh, one of the things that I said this year when, when all this stuff with uh, Corona came around, you know, we had a meeting as a team and I sent a message to our team. I'd heard this quote and I used it and it, I think it's a completely appropriate for that. And for what I just described is they say there's two types of soldiers in the world. There's soldiers who are good shooting at the range and there's soldiers who shoot well while they're being shot at. And those soldiers who shoot well while they're being shot at, there's a reason why they shoot well while they're being shot at. It's because they've, they've performed the exercise so many times that it is just second nature uh, to know how to handle it. Right. And so that is what you have to do with your thoughts. It's what you have to do with your routine. It's what you have to do to create rhythm in your life is um, to get your thinking straight. And, and you do that by doing it when it's most quiet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm a big proponent of a morning routine as well. And, you know, one of those things that I just read this morning was I'm currently reading uh, the, the compound effect by Darren Hardy. And you know what? A lot of those things you just said were right, right in there uh, along those same lines of, you know what, there's a reason they train soldiers the way that they do to have them be so into their routine that when they are fired upon, you know, that, that it's just a natural reaction. And, um, you know, he talks about starting his day and ending the, his day the same way so that he can control those aspects of it. And, you know, it manages the chaos throughout the day. And so, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that you brought that up. Obviously it's something I need to hear. And because, you know, like I said, I just read about, read this today and then you bring it up. It's like, man, I'm, I'm seeing it. I need to be better about it. And so that, that tells me there's other people out there who need to hear it too. So that's awesome. Personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? 
Um, you know, there's there's plenty on both sides, man. I think you know the biggest the biggest one being a being a father of four is you know just watching your kids grow up, and you know I think it it mixes all of this together into you know just just be a good role model and um, you know raise good children that become you know good people in the world and that care about other people and and you know make a difference, and uh, that is you know all the other stuff, all the other details. Uh, all lead to that, right? It's like, you know, if you set a good example, you do the right things, you live by your values, uh, um, you stand for what you believe in and, and you fight for those things. And, you know, you try to set the best example that you can so that when those those little people grow up to be big people, uh, they're productive members of society. And, you know, they're, they're winners. Uh, because, you know, if there's one thing that I know, I get... I get chills like when I just talk about this, but you know, for me, it's one thing to win in business and it's fun, right. To, to win in your own business. For me, getting the opportunity to coach other companies and other business owners, watching them win uh, is a, is a higher level uh, than, than what you experience when you win yourself. It's just, just how it works. So I think about that often about what it will feel like uh, when I get to see my children win. And so that is, uh, you know, that is something that drives me. I think about it um, a lot. You know, when, I, when I'm in these moments of difficult decisions and your back's against the wall and you think, you know, how, how am I going to handle this? It gets pretty clear as to how to handle it when you, when you keep yourself in that space. You know, what, what would I want them to do? What advice would I give them when they're adults in this same situation? So that's, for me, that's the, that's the future, right? It's, you know, just, yeah. uh, and, and that goes beyond my children too, but it's easy to, to go to that and say, that's, that's the most exciting thing, right? You know, success is cool. And, you know, all the time that I'll get to spend with my wife, you know, years down the road when, when this is all over, that's all cool too. Uh, but, you know, get, getting to spend that time with my wife and watching my children win as a result of, the examples that we set for them is, is by far the most exciting thing. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Where is it the best that people can best find you and connect with you online? Um, so on all platforms, I'm real Brian has, um, so you can find me Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere, LinkedIn, they're all the same. Um, and then the pavementgroup.com, topcontractorschool.com, leadrevenue.com. You can find, any information that you would be interested in on any of those companies uh, there, YouTube, you name it, we got, we're, we're everywhere. We should be easy to find. So, Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to include some links in the show description just to make it that much easier for anybody that wants to reach out to you. Um, but I want to say thank you. I really appreciate the time, really appreciate connecting with you. And you, know, I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten a ton of value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.